Um, welcome, first service people. I want to declare while the recording has not started, correct? The recording has not started? Huh? Pause it for a second. Coughing <laughs> fit. Because I'm going to walk away and David Grant's going to get up and finish my message and, and finish it to the full extent. And that will be a miracle. So, um, but just, yeah, we're, we're believing that I can make it through the next couple hours um, with, with the voice that I have and without having a coughing fit, okay? We can start recording favorite first service. We'll start the mes- message now. So, <laughs> I'm excited. Um, hey, this morning what I want to do is I want to challenge you to consider your identity, and what your identity lies in and where it comes from. And, and I know the Sunday school answer is for us to say it's Jesus and it's who Jesus says I am. But the problem is, is that oftentimes we will walk in the identity of what other peoples have told us that we are. Or what we, the, the whispers of, of the enemy will tell us who we are. Or the mistakes we've made in life or the conditions of life we find ourselves will, will start to, um, to determine our identity. And we'll quickly fall into believing that than who God actually says that we are. And so my hope this morning is that just through looking at um, a, a passage in the scripture and considering who Jesus says we are, we can go into 2020 with this fully grounded and anchored identity of who Jesus says we are, okay? So that's, that's kind of where we're going this morning. And I kind of thought about it in this way. New Year's resolutions, how many of you have have made a New, Year, New Year's resolution? Nobody, one. Okay, how many of you have broken your New Year's resolution? For me, my New Year's resolution always starts on Monday. So I made my New Year's resolutions, but they don't have to start till tomorrow because we've kind of been in this vacation holiday season. How many of you are really excited the holidays are over? A lot. Peggy, 354 days and you get to have Christmas again, okay? What's that? Okay. Come on, you can hang in there for Christmas. Peggy loves Christmas. She starts the countdown around July and it drives me nuts. Um, But I love it. Here's what I realized about resolutions. We look at our resolutions and we want to change something about our life. So we look at deficiencies in our life and we say, for the new year, I want to change this deficiency in my life. Does that make sense? And so a deficiency may be, I'm unhealthy. Another way to say it is, I'm fat. And so I'm going to exercise, I'm going to eat better, and I'm going to lose weight. Or I'm broke. And so I'm gonna, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to not eat out so much, or I'm going to save my money, I'm going to plan a budget, and I'm going I'm to have a menu that our family eats each week, and we're going to save money by not spending so much in restaurants. Maybe we say things like, I'm an addict, and for 2020, I'm going to stay off drugs. I'm not going to do, do alcohol. I'm, I'm going I'm to stay clean. I'm going to stay sober. And we carry these identity issues with us into the next year, hoping that we can power through in order to become a better person. And the way we become a better person is that we lock in and grab hold of the identity that Jesus says we are and who Jesus says we are. And we rest in that. And that becomes our anchor for our life. As we roll into 2020, the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about the mission of branches. Because it's important for us to 
constantly remember the mantle that we're looking to as why we exist as a church. And here's, here's what we say we are as branches. We say that we are people who love God, that love others, and that make disciples. It's six simple words that we want to challenge ourselves to live by. My, my, my suggestion this morning is that we can't live by those words living under a false identity. That we have to understand who we are in God in order to truly live by those six words. And if we're going to live by those six words and carry out the mission that God has called us to for 2020 individually and as a church, we have to understand our identity in Jesus. Many churches right now are, are launching this morning, and I always forget because I see it coming up and I go, oh, that sounds so good. I wish we would have done that. They launch into this one word series. And what it is, is this idea that you pick one word that's going to be your lockdown word for the year. And then you go pick a scripture for that one word. And then you call Mud Love and have them make you a bracelet for that one word. And then you, <laughs> and then you post it on Facebook that this is your one word. And you, and you try to live by that one word. And that one word could be anything you choose. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying there's some intentionality in that, and that's great. But the thing I want us to consider is our mission that Jesus has called us to and our identity as, as we walk in that mission, okay? And so let's, let's just do a little bit of a case study of what that might look like. Um, because when we as individuals lock into our mission and lock into our identity, we can do and be who God's called us to be as branches. Before we, we kind of go into the case study, I want you to ask the question, who do you say that you are? Who am I? I want you to ask, answer the question, who am I? So ask yourself that question and answer it. And I don't want you to give the Sunday school spiritual answer. I want you to be honest with yourselves. So in your day-to-day walk, who are you? Are you a mother? Are you a father? Are you a business owner? Are you an out of shape, struggling person? Are you broke? Are you an addict? Who do you, who do you, who, what is the identity that you walk in on a day-to-day basis? And you have to be honest with yourself. I can't tell you the tr- what, what you are. You have to be honest with yourself. So does everybody kind of have an answer for that? Do we need some more time? Who, who am I? If I think about who am I, I tried to block out, you know, obviously I know the Sunday school answers, but I, I try to block out and I say, well, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I fix dents to make some extra money, so I do mechanics. Who am I? Here's a case study I want to look at. I want to look at the life of Peter, Matthew 16. 13 through 20, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his, his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's asking them, who do you, who do you, you know, when you're around people, what are they saying about me? What, what, what are they, who are they saying that I am? And he, they said, well, they replied, some say that you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. 
And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not um, conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. That's a curious end to that story, but here, here's, here's the thing about this guy named Simon. Jesus asks him, who do you say that I am? And because of, of God and his knowledge of God, he says, you are the Messiah. And he declares that Jesus standing in front of him is the Messiah that they've been waiting for. And Jesus says, because of your knowledge of this, because of, of your declaration of this, I'm going to give you an identity, and your identity is that you are a rock. You are a foundation. You are a firm, solid ground that I am going to use to build my church. Now let's consider Simon's life, because I think it's a bit metaphoric. Simon Peter was a fisherman. If you, if you understand fishing, you get into a boat that gets pushed and pulled and, and drifts based on the way the current wants to take you. There's no firm foundation in fishing. There's no solid ground in fishing. You go where the current takes you and you throw out an anchor in hopes to lock in so that you don't get drugged where you don't want to go. Think about Peter's life. Peter's this, this fisherman who has resolved to fish and that's going to be his life. And this guy comes walking along and says to him and his brother Andrew, come and follow me. And they drop what they do, what they're doing, what they've resolved to do to go follow this, this, this guy, this rabbi that's going to teach them the ways. And, and we see in Peter's life this, this deep desire to want to be steadfast, to want to be solid, to want to follow the things of Jesus. We see Peter say, if that's you standing on the waves, call to me and I'm going to come and walk out to you because I have so much faith that you are the one. And he steps out of the boat in, in solid faith and then looks around and in his wishy-washiness of who he is, he starts to sink. We see Peter, the guy who wants to step out all the time and say, Jesus, whatever it takes, I'm going to be there for you. But then he, he tends to, to look around and, and in his own self-proclaimed identity, he sinks. But Jesus says, here's your identity, Simon. You are Peter. You are the rock. You are the foundation. You are everything that's going to become of Christianity. It's going to start with you. And a few verses later, Peter takes Jesus aside and rebukes him and says, Jesus, how can you say you're going to die on this cross? How, you, how can you say you're going to suffer? May it let her never be. And even in his own insecurity of his identity, he doesn't quite understand what Jesus has just given him of who he is. We see Jesus say to Peter, Peter, hold and hang in there. Don't, don't deny me. Peter says, I will never deny you. I will never deny you. And Jesus says, no, you're going to deny me. I will never deny you. And we see Peter shrink back and deny three times. But then something happens with Peter. The Holy Spirit comes upon Peter at the day of Pentecost as, as the Holy Spirit came upon everybody in that, in that place. And there became this awareness of Peter of who Jesus was. It was like this solidifying factor in his life of who he was in Christ and who Jesus was. And we see everything change 
about Peter. And we see this identity of him being a rock come into shape. We see the identity of him being the foundation of the church come into reality. And he preaches a message and 3,000 people get saved. We see him go out and he starts performing miracles. We see him preach another message and because of the message he preached, he gets arrested and thrown into jail. And the next day, if the old Peter living in his old identity would have been brought before the authorities that day, he would have shrunk back, denied and tried to save his neck. But the next day he stood boldly and he said, we preach these things because we've been with Jesus and we know he is the Messiah. And then we see Peter go on to be a a major player in the growth of the Christian church. Do you see that? Do you see here's a man who was was metaphorically going to float around through life hoping to make it. And we see Jesus say, no, you're going to be this solid foundation that doesn't move, that's anchored because you are a rock, because I am giving you an identity. And Peter came to a place in his life where he, he understood completely who God was, and that helped him understand who he was. And so I want to um, just quickly look at some, some things of who Jesus is, who God is. First of all, Exodus three fourteen. the, the scripture's not going to be up there. Let me pause for a second. But in Exodus three fourteen, you may know this, this passage. It's when, when God is instructing Moses to go talk to to Pharaoh and go talk to the Israelites and it's, it's getting close for him to, to, for the exodus to happen for the freedom of slavery out of Egypt and Pharaoh's saying or Moses saying well when I go and declare this authority who do I say sent me you guys remember this scripture and what, is, what does God tell Moses he says tell him that I am sent you now I don't know that we understand the weight of that but the I am is simply saying that All authority has just sent you to come proclaim what you're proclaiming. And then if we roll into the the Gospels and we start looking at Jesus, Jesus then starts proclaiming some I am's. And we see like seven I am's that Jesus proclaimed in in the Gospels where he says, I am, and then he tags something on. And so he says, I am the bread of life. You know, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying to the people, I am your daily bread. I am what you need. I'm the sustenance of what you need for living life. You don't have to worry about where your food's going to come from. You don't have to worry about where your provisions are going to come from. I am your bread. When we were traveling in Thailand, I, 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 Thais don't eat bread the way we eat bread. They eat rice. You know, most of Asia eats rice where we would eat bread, excuse me. And they have this saying and, and it's, you know, obviously it's a Thai saying, a phrase that we don't understand. But if you greet somebody in the morning, we'll say, hey, Tom, how's it going? You doing okay? And he'll say, yeah, good morning. It's, it's, things are good. But the Thais will say, hey, Tom, how you doing? Have you had rice today? Do you get it? Because rice is the, is the daily need to live, to sustain. And for us, it's bread. It, it equates to bread. So, so... Hey, Tom, have you had bread this morning? Is your stomach full? Have you, has your daily needs been met? And Jesus says, I am the bread that you need for each day. I'll move through these. I am the light of the world. I am the light for the path of the life that you are to live in this dark world. I am the door. 
Your entrance into the kingdom of God is through me alone. Have you ever seen a house without a door? Doesn't happen, does it? Have you ever seen a building without a door? You have to enter in. And into the kingdom of God, Jesus says, I am the door. If you want to come into the kingdom of God, if you want to be part of this family, if you want to be in relationship, it happens through me. I am the true vine. I love that because we're called branches. I, it just, every time anything about the vine comes up, I love it because we're called branches. If you're a branch and you're connected to the true vine, you have life. You have the true life because of Jesus. And Jesus says, if you want true life, connect with me because I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I will guide you. I will protect you. I will take care of you. I am the resurrection of the life. I offer you eternal life and it's only through me. And then he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's only through me and my truth that you will live. And Peter understood this. And if we understand that, then we can take and say, because Jesus is all this for us, I can rest in that. And my identity can be locked into that. And I don't have to be the person that Satan tells me I am. The, the, the lies that I believed as a child when this happened to me. The lies that I believed when this relationship broke up. The lies that I believe about myself when I look in the mirror or look at my bank account or look at my relationships. Because Jesus says that I'm something other than what the world says. And so let's just look at what God says you are. I, got, I think I got 10 things here. There's more, but I broke it down to 10. And if you want to see these scriptures, you could take a screenshot of that in order to look these up. God says you are his child. God says you are Jesus' friend. God says you are a whole new person with a whole new life. God says your incredible work of art. Is this resonating with anybody out here? God says you are totally and completely forgiven. God says you are created in his likeness. God says you are spiritually alive. God says you are a citizen of heaven. God says you are a disciple maker. That's important as we look about three weeks from now. God says you are greatly loved. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to ask God this question. And I, I, don't, I understand that we just went through a list of, of things that God says you are. And so my assumption is that the answer will be one of these things. But would you just take a moment, and I'll, I'll give you a moment, to ask God, God, who am I? Who do you say that I am? Would you do that? Just ask God, God, who do you say that I am? If you're willing to raise your hand, how many of you heard something? You rested on, on a phrase, on an on a, on a identity title. You are loved. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are a rock. You're a part of my kingdom. You're a citizen of heaven. Could you take that word, that declaration, that identity that Jesus, that God spoke to you right now, and make that your 
identity foundation for 2020. What would it look like if, if, if we dismissed and, and didn't rest and hang out in the I am's that we thought of in the beginning and we hung out in the Jesus says that I am for 2020? What would our mission look like for individually and as a church? Would we be able to love God in a new way? Because we love God based on how he says we are, not who we think we are. Would we be able to love others? Because loving others, it doesn't matter about my deficiencies. It's because I know who I am in God, and that allows me to love others the way I love myself. Would we be able to reach out to others and see them come into God's family and make disciples for the kingdom of God? Because our identity is founded in him and not in what others say about us and what we think we are. Does that make sense? Would you stand with me? Here's a couple questions that I'd um, want you to reflect on this week. My identity for 2020. First, I want you to be honest with yourself about where does your identity come from? Where do I get my identity? Is it, is it the things that people say about me? Is it the, the words that have been spoken over me? Is it, is it the mistakes I've made? Is it the effects of the situations of life that I've lived? Does my identity align with who Jesus says that I am? If I say I am blank, is that a truth that Jesus would say about me? Is that what Jesus just spoke to you when you prayed and asked him who you were? I want to encourage you that this week you would press in to this to this as far as your identity is concerned and commit this that God for 2020 my identity is that I am your child or whatever it is that God speaks to you. Because we're we're going to roll into and we're going to realign and 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 course correct our, our mission here at Branches to loving God, loving others, and making disciples. And we have to be grounded in this identity. We're going to go into a time of, we call ministry time, like Date or Mara said at the beginning. And it's simply a time to receive prayer or to press into what God may be speaking to you in, in your heart. There's going to be some people up here that are willing to pray for you, that want to pray for you. And if you're... Uh, if you're needing prayer, if you're wanting to just offer something to God or ask God to intervene in your life in a certain way, take this time to step out and, and just ask somebody to pray for you. If, if, you're, if you're in the room and, and you, want, you feel God like highlighting somebody in your life that's in the room, God's shown you somebody, somebody's stuck out in, you know, in the room, this room's a free room to, to move about during this time and, and just go engage that person, ask to pray for them. Ask how, how you can pray a blessing over them. Father, we, we thank you that you're alive. We thank you that you have called us your own, that you have taken the identities that the world gives us, that our, our failures have given us, that sin has given us, <clears throat> and you have given us a new identity. God, would you, would you ground that identity in our hearts today? Would you um, make that identity our 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 march, our, our foundation for 2020 as we, 
as we move in to serve you and to love you. God, would you do some healing in here right now? Would you move in some lives, heal some hearts, pour your love out on those that need it. Pour your love out on all of us because we need it. It's for your honor, for your glory, for your praise, for your kingdom that we, that we serve here in Warsaw. And we love you in Jesus' name, amen.